One man, one mission. To equip the Church of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and to awaken the Church to the voice of the Spirit, David Cuppet brings you to the School of the Holy Spirit from his many missions from around the world, where he aligns with apostolic leaders to eradicate spiritual blindness and reveal the true authority of believers in Christ, to prophesy, heal the sick, raise the dead, and cleanse the lepers. Open your heart and get ready to receive all the Holy Spirit has for you in this week's session of the School of the Holy Spirit. School is in session. Did you come hungry? Is there anybody alive in here tonight? Amen. All right. We're getting ready. All right. So, um, you guys, uh, how many of you know that there's always a new thing, right? There's a new glory, right? That's how, why we pursue him. There's a, there's a next thing in our relationship. He would take us from glory to glory. And um, a lot of people get caught in the doldrums of life and uh, churchianity. You know what churchianity is? Get, you ever get caught in churchianity? You never want to just get caught in churchianity. You want to get caught in glory, right? Yeah. Amen. Amen. Say, hey, Lord. Hey, Lord. I want to get caught in your glory. Amen. So has anybody been, uh, you know, anybody get out of the barn this week? Anybody spit the bit out of their mouth this week? <laughs> Is there anybody alive in here tonight? <laughs> Amen. All right. So, hey, guys, just uh, you guys have been uh, living this. Uh, the new book is uh, going to be out in, in April. This all came from the three dreams that you guys have all been a part of uh, over the last uh, three, three, four months. And um, when that comes out, I think it's going to be out in April. Um, encourage you to re-engage re, re in that, uh, that process, right? So you guys are war horses. You're not barn horses, right? 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 War horses. War horses run free, right? And the riders that are burning in fire are on those war horses. Can't be contained, can't be stopped, can't be limited. They don't have a bit in their mouth. Nobody can shut them up. They can't keep you from witnessing, right? Amen? Amen. All right. So, um, you know, I thought, I thought what we'd do tonight, I had something different that I was going to talk about tonight, but uh, kind of this afternoon, I felt like the Lord wanted to take us in a different, a different path. And um, so a lot of you guys have had prophecies. A lot of you guys have had dreams, um, visions, personal encounters over the last three or four months, right? And anytime the Lord visits you, he speaks to you. He never leaves you the way he found you. It's always to take you to a new place, a new glory, a new purpose. There's always a new purpose, right? How many of you know this? If you're not in purpose, you're in perversion, right? Ooh, that is a ooh. That is deep. That's real. The Lord didn't call you to just sit there, be a couch potato, put your hands up and uh, say, way to go, pastor, right? Way to go. Good job, pastor. And then you go on your life. No, he called you to be in a purpose. If you don't believe that you have a purpose, then you don't really recognize the fact that he calls people. He calls everybody to something, right? It's not just, you know, the guy that gets called into a pulpit. It's actually every one of us have a purpose and a call, right? And if, if you recognize there's a purpose and a call, you're always pursuing him to find 
find where he's leading you to take you on the next course of life, right? That's the discovery process. That's the, that's the, uh, that's the, uh, the burning in your heart, really not for what you're doing, but for him. And through your relationship with him, what you're doing, you know, you're in the right place at the right time with the right people, right? You know that you have life to give to people, right? That's, that's what, that's why I get up in the morning. Anybody with me? Right. Amen. And so, um, Anytime you get prophecies and vision, you have encounters, um, oftentimes people don't realize, you know, like Barb was talking about a, a person I gave a prophecy to a few weeks ago about the Lord breaking depression off her life. And um, I think the words were, suddenly I felt this immense depression, like why, right? Why, why would a prophecy invoke a battle? You know, oftentimes people uh, live in a gray area of life and they don't know they're actually a victim or in a place of limitation. Okay, Um, and the way the Lord wakes you up is he speaks to you. He actually draws you into a battle. Anytime if you if you read the Old Testament, anytime the Lord showed up big time, it was because David was in big trouble. Right. Moses was in big trouble. Right. And the Lord had to reveal himself in in a situation to actually reveal heaven, reveal the power of the kingdom in the very place. And in that process, the person that he calls, there's an equipping. There's actually a glory that's poured out of that person, right? So anybody have some things happen in the last few weeks, last few months? You're like, wow, my life was kind of good. And then that guy gave me a prophecy or I had this dream and Oh my gosh, it feels like I'm in a war. Well, can I tell you that the Lord actually tests people in that fashion? He actually wants to impart something to you, but it's in the battle that you realize that the the power of the enemy cannot win against you. It's actually the power of him overcoming the the essence of, of what's against you, right? Anyway, my point is, that true prophecy, true dreams of the Lord are always going to take you into a battle, right? When G- Before Jesus started his ministry, where does the Bible say the Holy Spirit took him? It says the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness. It led him into the unknown. He led him into a face-to-face fight with the devil, right? And it when Jesus came out of the wilderness, it says he came out of the wilderness in the power of the Holy Ghost. Anybody want some power? You better win your battle. You better hold on to him so tight that you don't let go. And that, that is, it's, a, it's a physical spirit to spirit impartation. Okay? The conversation is just the beginning. The prophecy is just the beginning. The, the dream is just the beginning. And when you hold on, the, the, the picture is you hold on to what he said. You're actually holding on to him in the midst of the impossibility. And through the impossibility, what is impossible becomes possible because you're holding on so tight. There's an impartation. There's a growth process. And now you walk out of the wilderness. You walk out of the time of testing in a new authority and a new power and a new glory. Amen. So don't despise the challenge that's ahead of you or upon you. 
because you got bombarded with prophecies or you got awakened to have a dream or, or something like that. Let me tell you a little story. Um, before, uh, I, th- I think maybe at, in, the, in the fall sometime, I told you um, uh, a dream about Nashed Potatoes. You remember Nashed Potatoes? Okay, so just to refresh everybody's memory, um, in that dream, uh, the Lord woke me up and uh, actually the Holy Spirit woke me up, walked me down into the kitchen of my house and Jesus was, was mixing something. And I, I asked him, I said, what are you making? He says, Nash potatoes. I said, you mean mashed potatoes? He goes, no, Nash potatoes. He says, you want a bite? And he took, he took a scoop of, of the Nash potatoes. He put it in my mouth. And when he put it in my mouth, I started to ascend. And he grabbed hold of me before, before I ascended upward. And um, he took everything that he was mixing, put it in a Ziploc bag and handed it to me. And he said, you're going to need this for the school. And boom, he left. He, he let me go. And the next thing I know, I'm, I'm in this golden classroom in heaven. OK, and I'm not going to go through the whole dream with you. But um, that was a promise the Lord gave me way back in, uh, I believe it was 2014 in that very place. Right. And so. You know, I had different dreams and different things about coming here to Toledo. And all of a sudden, we're sitting around the coffee table one day and Barb says, um, hey, I think we should do this thing called School of the Holy Spirit. And I said, really? <laughs> <laughs> you know, the dots started to connect it. But here's the deal. About six months before we moved here um, in 2019, I had, I had the following dream. And this dream is about the testing period before this whole school thing was started, okay? And so it's not unusual for the Lord to take you back to places He takes you in dreams. There's, there's often sequences and there's different things He wants to talk to you about. Um, there, you know, the, first, the first one is usually the beginning of a conversation, okay? Um, and so anyway, this golden classroom that the Lord took me in when He fed me Nash potatoes... And again, Nash, Nash was an intercessor um, with Charles Finney. When Charles Finney um, launched uh, the revival in upstate New York, um, there was a guy by the name of Father Nash who was an intercessor who was integral to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. As Finney preached, Nash would pray for days on end before Finney went to the cities. Okay, And I didn't know who, I didn't know who Father Nash was before the dream. I'm like wait a minute, you mean mashed potatoes? No, you mashed potatoes. And that sent me on a journey to discover and read about um, Father Nash. And it changed something in me as I started to pursue that, oh my gosh, Jesus pointed me to a need, a, 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 a learning of how to intercede in a way that was so deep, it was beyond anything that I did at that point. It was necessary for what I was going to enter into. Okay, so anyway, five years later, 2000, um, the end of 2018, going into 2019, before we moved here, the Lord takes me in a dream back to this class, this golden classroom. Okay, and I'm standing in the golden classroom and Jesus is standing in front of me. There's all of these different weapons. um, And I'm just standing there and I'm in awe of everything that I'm seeing. And all of a sudden, the floor underneath me begins to shake and it begins to crack. And this black hand 
reaches up through the floor and grabs me by the, by the leg. Okay, and I'm standing there and I, I start screaming, Jesus, why, help me, save me. And, and I'm reaching, I'm like, can I, can I have a weapon? I, can't, I couldn't reach any weapons, okay? And this, this black um, thing comes up, it, it, it ends up being a, a fallen angel, a demonic angel. It, it comes up through the crack, it grabs hold of both my legs and starts to pull me down through the floor. And I'm t- having this conversation with Jesus. I'm like, help me. <laughs> what are you doing? Why are you just standing there? And he, he, has, um, he pulls out a loaf of hot, fresh bread and um, a glass of, of, of wine. And it's on a tray. He hands it to me. And I'm thinking, of all the weapons, there's, there's swords. There's all these amazing weapons. And you're handing me bread and wine. And he hands it to me, and I'm, I'm looking at this creature. And I'm like, you're just going to let me go, right? And I mean, this, this is what's going, this is what I'm saying. And the next thing I know, this creature pulls me down. And all I can describe it as you um, seen dimensionally is this creature was pulling me out of heaven. And as I'm looking down, I could see the earth below, but I could see this, this, um, what I would describe as a, as a layer or a, a, a realm in between heaven and earth, okay? And this creature is taking me in to this place and uh, he walks through this door and literally lays me on the floor in front of, there's uh, what I would call, I would describe it as, King, if you can picture King Kong with a crown on his head, King Kong is sitting in a th- on a throne and... Creature lays me down and I stand up and this creature starts to show me things. He starts to show me cities. He starts to show me um, gold, silver, um, and he starts to speak to me. He says, if you give me the bread and the wine, I'll give you anything you want. And I'm, I'm like, this is the only weapon he gave me, man. I'm not giving this up. And I'm, I'm saying that facetiously tongue in cheek, but... I quickly got the revelation that this creature, this entity, was after the very thing that Jesus gave me for the battle that he let me go into, let me be drawn into. And this, this King Kong creature, this, this gorilla, is speaking to me, and he says, and he's offering me things. He's offering me more. He's offering me more, and he says, just give me the bread and the wine, and it's all yours. I probably could have got really rich, Okay. But I sat there and something rose up in me and I'm like, all right, I started sipping on the wine in front of him. I started eating the bread real slow in my dream. Like I got, you know, I got some guts in, in my dreams. You get, anybody have any guts in their dreams? Right. And so I start, I start eating the bread and I'm eating it real slow. Like, yeah, this is pretty good. It's pretty good. And I'm, I'm drinking the wine. I'm drinking the wine. And as I'm drinking the wine and eating the bread, this creature's like, he starts to beg me, please just give me your bread and wine and I'll give you anything you ask for. And as I'm eating the bread and the wine, all of a sudden the floor that I'm in now on this, what I'll call like the, a second heaven, a second realm, um, the floor underneath me begins to shake, right? And there's a, there's a crack that, that appears in the floor and a, a, an arm comes through, only this time it's a glowing white arm, okay? 
He grabs hold of my leg. He pulls himself up through, and it's an, it's an angel. It's, it's the angel that came to me whenever the Lord um, gave me a series of dreams and launched me to go to India. It was the same angel. And he comes up through the floor, and he's standing beside me. And he's just he's looking at me, and he's smiling because I know that he knows, and he knows that I know that the whole reason that we're all there is because of the bread and the wine. Okay? You getting the revelation? It's about the bread and the wine. And so as I'm, um, as I'm standing there and I'm eating the bread and the wine, I literally, I finished the bread and I finished the end of the wine. And it was like the angel was waiting for me to finish everything that Christ had given me. And as soon as he does, this angel's arm grabs a hold of this gorilla by the neck. And he says, give him all the keys that are rightfully his. And this, this, this gorilla, this entity starts screaming things to all the other demonic powers that are around them. And all the keys that are mine are, are now handed to me. And, I'll, and, and when it was over, um, the angel takes me through uh, the hole that he made in the floor. And boom, we're back on earth. And that was the end of the dream. That's a pretty cool dream, right? <laughs> all right. Now, I'm, tell, I'm telling you that because the Lord was showing me that there's an entity standing between me and the promise, and it's connected to the call of the classroom, the school that the Lord called me to, to do. Whatever, whatever, whatever you want to uh, perceive that is, um, whether something like this is the start of that, I believe it is. Um, but here's the deal. The Lord um, always tests you to see what's in your heart, okay? In the, book, in the book of Exodus, it says that the Lord took Israel into the wilderness to test them to see what was in their heart. Not to cause them to fail, but because He had a promise to give them, right? He had a promised land to give them, okay? When Jesus... Why, why when the dove came on Jesus, why didn't Jesus immediately just start His ministry? No, the dove actually led him into the desert to face his enemy because there was keys, there was authority, there was everything. And it says that Jesus walked out of the desert place in the power of the Holy Ghost and the earth shook, right? Okay, so your, your authority and power, your equipping is in the very battle that you face, okay? There's an enemy trying to convince you, do not drink that wine, do not eat that bread, Okay, what is the bread symbolized? The bread is a symbol of the living word, what he has spoken to you, the promise itself. Okay, the wine is a, is a symbol of his nature, his, his covenant with you, his Holy Spirit is with you, right? So the bread and the wine, there's only two things you need. You need to hear what he is saying and you need the presence of the Lord, the very nature of the Holy Spirit to walk with you. The, or actually, I should rephrase that. You walk with with the Holy Spirit, right? Amen? All right, so what do you need? You need bread and wine, right? This isn't rocket science, right, Aiden? You need some bread and wine. And so let me read the scripture to you. This is Matthew 4, 3. This is Jesus being led into the wilderness and Satan speaking to Jesus. Now, when the tempter came to him, he said, if you are the son of God, he's challenging his very identity, right? What's, what's this book about? What's transfigured about? What have we been doing the last four or five months? This is about you being horsemen. 
This is about you realizing there's a call of God on your life, that you weren't um, called to sit and just be silent with a bit in your mouth, mouth, being willing to just be a barn horse. You were called to be a flaming, fiery, anointed man or woman of God, a son of God, a giant killer, right? Somebody who's awakened to, to ride into the battle. How better to prepare you to win a battle than to lead you into a battle and anoint you in the midst of your victory and then you go out and find wars? Does anybody go hunt, hunt down battles? Come on, man. I don't go to India in the middle of nowhere and, and just because it's fun. It's kind of fun because I like to fight, but <laughs> spiritually, that is. Um, but here's the deal. He, lead, he leads you into that wilderness place because he wants to equip you. Okay? He's got more for you. And so, now when the tempter came to him, my, um, this is Matthew 4, 3. So, when the tempter came to him, he said, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become bread. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. The word, word there is the word rhema. Okay, we, we talked about this um, a while ago, I think. Um, Rhema is actually a, a series of encounters with the Lord where He speaks to you and imparts to you His vision, right? I couldn't, there was no way I could go to India until I had a series of dreams. I had a series of equippings and the Lord said, go to India, a man's going to call you, go. Okay, it was the encounters and the testing that, that, uh, that equipped me to go do what he called me to do. Okay? So, but man shall live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Right? So, have you, who, who's, who here's had a dream or a vision about something that's bigger than you right now? Right? Come on, everybody should have their hand raised. If you don't, then we're, we're going to do some prophetic work on you tonight. Amen? Because there's, there's always a new place. There's always a next thing. There's always the next battle. There's always the next conquering, right? How many of you know that there, you, there's a gorilla right now that holds your keys? That wasn't just Dave Cuppet having a crazy dream, okay? The Lord took me to heaven. Then He took me to the second heaven to face my enemy, the one who holds, the one who stole the keys, Right? Because Jesus wants to get those keys back and put them in my hand. That's why he takes you into fights. That's why he takes you into spiritual battles. That's why when you receive a prophecy or you receive a dream, you're moseying along and somebody gets a word of knowledge and says that depression that has haunted your bloodline and it has hovered over you and you just cope with it periodically. You just deal with it and you get a prophecy that there's going to be a depression broken in your life and there's going to be a joy and a freedom that's going to flow in you. And all of a sudden you wake up the next day and you've got this dread all over you. I wish that guy wouldn't have prophesied over to me. That's what a religious guy would say. Let's let me tell you that. Okay. That's what a guy who doesn't understand the battle and the gifting that the Lord wants to lay out for you. The revelation, what that prophecy just did is expose the fact that you just coped with it in life. And the prophecy broke something to actually get you to realize, oh my gosh, this depression is real. 
How do I fight this? And you actually face that gorilla. You demand your keys, right? Didn't Jesus say this? He said, whatever you bind on earth, we bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I will give you the keys and the gates of hell will not prevail against you. How did he say he would give you the keys? He just knock on your door and say, here's your keys. What if he said there's going to be a gorilla you, you're going to face and that gorilla, I'm going to grab him by the neck whenever you hold on to the bread that I feed you, the very promise, the dream that I feed you, the vision that I feed you. And all, that's the only thing you're eating because it is the ultimate weapon. Are you getting the revelation? Tell your neighbor that the vision the Lord gives you is the ultimate weapon. It will kick that gorilla's butt. Those keys are yours. All you have to do, no matter how hard it gets, is eat the bread and drink the wine. Eat the bread, drink the wine. Eat the bread and drink the wine. It's not that difficult. That's right. I've got 150 pages of dreams and visions from, from 2005. I have them written out. And anytime I feel my enemy can, coming against me, I will get those out. And I will wait for the Lord to take me to a specific dream or a specific vision. And I begin to prophesy that thing against that thing that I feel coming against me. Why? Because that's the bread. It's hot, fresh, baked bread. Amen? Amen. And if you can tell I'm excited, is because this is what living relationship is with the Lord. This is how that gorilla who has hunted you, who has hunted your family, who has hunted your forefathers and kept you and your generations previous to you from what you really are. They disguised you. They disguised your grandfather. They disguised your grandmother. They, let, they gave you enough to let you cope with it. You see, the devil is afraid of somebody who will eat that bread relentlessly. You know why? Because there's a confidence that comes on a person when they see the keys being put in their hand that they realize the enemy doesn't have power over them. You have power over your enemy and all you have to do is eat the bread and drink the wine. Eat the bread. Drink the wine. Amen. Amen. So let's just get this concept of rhema words embedded in your head, okay? Um, I, I went through this uh, a few weeks ago, but it's important that you realize how the Lord builds you and how your mind needs to be connected to what He is saying to you, okay? We introduced this concept um, when I started to talk to you about uh, the transfiguration. When Jesus led Peter, James, and John up the mountain, okay, and they witnessed Him being transfigured before his eye, their eyes, okay? It says that the Lord spoke. And when the Lord spoke, the, the, the word saying is the word Lego. It's the same word where they get the word, the, the name Lego block, right? You guys all know what Lego blocks are, right? Okay, so when the Lord speaks to you, he gives you a Lego, okay? When he speaks to you multiple times about the same subject, you put one Lego block, 
onto another Lego block. I had three dreams in a row about horses being let out of the barn, bits being spit out of their mouth, horses running wild, no longer barn horses, transfigured into war horses and glowing, burning ones, right? So the Lord was giving, he gave me three Lego blocks that became a rhema word. It was a living word. It was hot, fresh bread. You guys have been eating bread, right? We, we've, been, we've been preaching and teaching and, and talking about the concept of the awakening of the church. That's you. The awakening of the body being let out of the barn, spitting the bit out of your mouth. You've been practicing that? Anybody spit the bit out of their mouth lately? Oh, you're not allowed to prophesy. Huh? You with me? I was born to prophesy, right? That's right. You were born to prophesy. Okay? So that's, that's the essence of... When you have a single encounter with the Lord, it's like a Lego. It's one Lego block, but he's got more to speak to you. So you press in, right? You, you, you press into what the Lord is saying. You get another Lego. You get another Lego. When you get a handful of Legos together, he starts to form something. You know what he's doing? He's reforming you. The real identity of what you are didn't exist until he spoke into you. That's why, although the Bible is true and you can read the Bible all day long until the Lord speaks to you, you hear the Lord, your personal identity is not revealed. That's why you cannot bypass being a Christian without a deep spiritual relationship. Because once you get the, once you get the revelation that he's got Lego blocks for you, I know that there's like a thousand more Lego blocks for me just this year. And I got to go get them, Right. That's, that's, that's why I pursue in my personal prayer life. But, but here's the deal. You get a handful of Lego blocks pieced together. That is what becomes a rhema word. And Jesus says, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Right? And so these, these rhema concepts, these, these impartations that the Lord does to you through a series of prophecies, dreams, and visions actually reform you, build you, Reveal to the world what you really are, right? What you truly, really are. Okay? Okay, so let's take Sophie. Sophie sang songs. She sang some good songs. And then she gets some prophecies about being a psalmist. Some things get awakened in her, right? Some different things. And now these songs, she starts looking at people in the audience. She starts singing songs over people, right? It opens doors. Prophecy and visions are, are open doors. Legos get, start to get built and she starts to get connected with it. And, and pretty soon, just a, a, a few Legos become a full-blown rhema word. And what happened to Jesus when he started, when he decreed, I'm eating rhema. I'm eating what the Lord is saying. He walked out of the desert in the power of the Holy Ghost. He walked out with all authority, all keys in his hand. Right. You begin you actually in the midst of the battle, there is a confidence that comes uh, upon a person when you embrace and you eat. You literally eat what he is saying to you. You become right. What happens when you eat bread? Does it just come out bread? No, you consume it. It you literally it becomes part of you. Right. That may be a bad example, but it's pretty good. That might not process well in your head, but. Listen, you know, you get the picture, right? The bread itself does not exist anymore because it literally, 
becomes you. You and the bread become one. You got the picture? And there is no excess, just by the way, if you're wondering, there's no excess with what the Lord feeds you. You and the Lord become one. Okay? So you don't have to work too hard on that one, Aiden. Amen? <laughs> All right. Um, oh, my gosh. That was a, that was, that was a funny one. All right. <laughs> I don't know where that one came from. Maybe Shelly told me that one last night. <laughs> It's all Shelly's fault. <laughs> all right. Um, so when the Lord speaks to you, you get these, these building blocks, these Lego blocks, and they begin to reform you. They become literally thoughts, rhema thoughts. You become redefined according to what the Lord says you are and not to the limitations of the world and what the world says you are, Right? That's the books of heaven. Jesus has a book written of every one of you in heaven. Okay, that's Hebrews chapter 10. So there's something that happens to a mind that becomes dedicated and believing truly faith in what the Lord has said. Okay, you then become the weapon. It's not just the prophecy or the dream itself that is the weapon. When you consume it, you become the weapon. And it's connected to your mind being one with what the Lord has said. You know why? You know how it gets consumed in the midst of the battle when you have to choose. Are you going to believe it or not? Are you going to let your enemy steal your bread and steal your wine and hand back? Give it back to him? Oh, you know what? I'm just supposed to be depressed the rest of my life. I'm not, I'm not worried about this anymore. I'm just going to fade back in the distance. Or are you going to fight? Right? You were born to fight. You're war horses. You're not born horses. This isn't just about an awakening of the church. The only way the church is awakened is when the individual is awakened. When the individual is awakened and you won't sit there and just be a barn horse with a bit in your mouth, you become contagious. Oh, why does Jim Bob, they, he looked, Jim Bob looks so much different. What happened to Jim Bob? Jim Bob's on fire. Jim Bob prophesies. Jim Bob believes. Jim Bob is a new creature. He must have ate some bread. He must have drank some wine. He must have literally won his fight, won his battle, his mind. He decided that he was going to consume what the Lord gave him. Say this. Say, Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Awaken in me. Awaken in me. A hunger. To consume you in the midst of the battle. I will drink your wine and I will eat your bread. And the keys that are rightfully mine will be put in my hand. And I will come off that battlefield in the authority of Christ. All right, so 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. Starting with verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty before God. Somebody say bread and wine. Bread and wine. For the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. This is about supernatural warfare against the stronghold and the limitation, the wrong identity that the world has put on you 
And the Lord is positioning you to drink his wine and eat his bread in the midst of the battle. And he's talking here, um, these, these, these enemies, these strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing. Did I, did I face a high thing in the dream where the Lord actually let a dark angel take me to face my enemy? Right? So when you find yourself, you wake up and you find yourself in the midst of a, of a fight, you realize, oh my gosh, I get to fight today. I, did, you ever, did you ever find yourself in that place? Like, oh my gosh, this is a pretty good fight. No, don't, don't lie. The fights, fights usually aren't that fun, right? Because there's a, there's a presence of evil. There's a feeling that you're going to be overrun. There's a, let's not fool ourselves, right? It's real. Why do you wake up and you're shaking in the middle of the night? You're shaking in fear, right? But this fire in your belly is, is rolling. There's a contrast, right? There's, there's this, there, the, the Lord is awakening you to something beside your bed, causing you to shake, right? And this mindset, this mindset of, of consuming the bread and the wine is called, it, uh, in the, the Greek word, is called a legismos. Okay, say that with me, legismos. It's actually the mindset that is set on drinking the bread and eating the wine. Paul, Paul is saying the only way that you break strongholds, the only way that you uh, cast down the whispering uh, arguments that are against you and the high thing that is meant to destroy you is that you have to hold on to the weapons of warfare, right? The, the, what Christ speaks to you, the prophecy, the dream and the vision, okay? So this war, this war is a real war. I mean, you guys are in the midst of an awakening, some of, you, some of you guys have prophesied for the first time in your life. Some of you have, have used different gifts. Some, some of you are, are coming out of uh, wounds and pain and, and different things. And the, the Lord is healing you. But it's because you are winning battles. Right? Turn to your neighbor and say, you are anointed, you are anointed to, win to win the battle that you're facing, that you're facing right now. Tell your neighbor that the devil is in trouble. trouble. Tell him like you mean it. The devil devil is in trouble trouble because you're anointed anointed to win the battle. battle. You're anointed to fight. You're anointed to to cast out devils. To To lay hands on yourself yourself. and and see yourself healed. To hear the voice of God. And trust in the midst of danger. That all you need to do is drink the wine. And eat the bread. So you have to decide if you're going to spit out the bit. You've got to decide if you're going to sit in the barn. And just be, you know, a barn horse sits there and they like, they expect somebody to feed them. Right? Anybody come to church expecting them, expecting the pastor to feed them? Uh-oh, uh-oh. Am I, am I touching on, on hallowed ground here? Huh? Listen. What if, what if the body came in knowing that this is a gathering place? You're gathered for war. You're gathered to help each other. You're gathered to hear the Lord for each other. You're gathered to feed uh, life into each other. That you actually are an army. And you're not just a barn horse. Amen? Amen. 
Come on, are you going to come tomorrow? Let's make up our mind right now. Are you going to come tomorrow prepared? Are you going to be in prayer, hearing what the Lord is saying? And all of a sudden, the Lord gives you a vision for the guy who's coming in wearing blue jeans and a red bandana. And he walks through the door and, oh my gosh, there's an encounter, right? He gets delivered. Or are you just going to come in expecting Bill to feed you some oats? Huh? I don't know if Bill has enough oats to feed everybody in here, right? Come on, you, you get the point though, right? It's, just, it's, a, it's I'm, I'm trying to be cute, but the deal, is, the, deal, the deal is that you're an army. You are the army of the Lord, right? And so let me just tell you a few stories because, you know, even, even though some of you are being spiritually awakened, a lot of people are like, eh, I don't know if this demon stuff is really real. You know, they talk about it in the Bible, but eh, I don't know. I don't know. What do you mean that guy had a dream and he was taken in front of a gorilla and Jesus gave him wine and bread? That's pretty far out there, right, Peter? That's kind of crazy, right? Well, let me, let me just tell you a couple stories. Because, um, I, I, you know, if you haven't experienced darkness or a demonic power, maybe you don't realize that the reason you're struggling with something is because of a demonic power. Lord does, the Lord does not give you a bad egg. He doesn't give you bad stuff. If it's bad, it's not of the Lord. Okay? The Lord is good. He gives His kids all power, all authority. He gives you life, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. He gives you laughter. He gives you healing. He doesn't give you that junk. I've heard so many bad theologies that come out of churchianity oh well if if god wanted you healed he'd have just healed you what god wants me healed that's what it says right here in his word it says that he gave me the spirit to heal me and he gave gifts to men to lay hands on people so why would you think that i would let myself walk out of here thinking that i shouldn't be healed that's a lie from the devil absolute lie from the devil and there's all kind of lies that are riddled about, oh, demons don't exist. Oh, how about this one? Oh, if you don't bother the devil, he won't bother you. <laughs> You're a fool. You're a fool if you think that theology works. Oh, yeah, I'm, ju I'm just going to stay over here and sing happy birthday in Kumbaya. He won't bother me. I won't bother him. You liar. You know that he has you marked especially those of you who've been baptized in the Holy Ghost. He's got you circled on the calendar. He's got your name. He's got demonic powers assigned against you. He's got deception working against you. There's no way you're ever going to get your keys, Steve. I'm going to keep you from being confident. I'm going to keep you from being who you are. He's got a strategy against every one of you. And until you get the revelation that you're in a fight... You won't just come into church sitting there like this. You know, when I walk into church, I look around going, that person needs help. That person needs help. That person needs a demon cast out of them. That person needs this. That person needs that. That's the way I look. That's the way I look at church, right? What if an army literally walked into church saying, we are not going to let Deborah, Joe, and Bill be depressed today? What if, what if we literally thought like that, Right? I was in, um, I may have told you a portion of this story, but uh, I was in, I was in uh, the Navajo Indian Reservation in uh, 2005. I had only been baptized in the Holy Ghost for four months. I told you the story. Um, I got filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, 
and I mean, just crazy story. I was, I was uh, suddenly thrust. I was doing deliverance ministry. I mean, I was casting devils out of people. I didn't, even, I didn't even know what was going on. It was amazing. I'm like, I laid my hand on somebody and all of a sudden demons start coming out of people. And it was just, it was the way the Lord awakened me. Okay. And so Shelly and I end up at the Navajo Indian Reservation with an evangelist. He says, hey, I don't know why, but the Lord told me you got to come on this. And so I'm all hyped up, right? I mean, every I'm praying, I'm fasting. And um, how many of you know new levels, new devils? You ever hear that? <laughs> new levels, new devils, right? New glory. There, there's a devil you're going to face to get that new glory. So we go to this Navajo Indian Reservation. And um, the guy that, uh, the, the evangelist that I'm with, he stands up the first night, starts to preach. And his favorite scripture was Luke 10, 19. Behold, I give you authority to tread upon the serpent and the scorpion. I mean, he just, he, he, he picked fights. He looked for people to cast devils out of. And he was my kind of guy, okay? So he starts to preach. I mean, he's five minutes into this message. And there was a, uh, the, the, there was a church of God pastor sitting in the second to the last row and this, this, this congregation is filled with uh, Navajos and Apache Indians, okay? This big Apache Indian, he probably weighed 300 pounds. He's in the very back row. Brian started to preach. And as Brian started to preach about the power of the Holy Ghost, this Apache, he stands up, and he, he grabs the Church of God pastor around the neck, and he, yank, he yanks him backward up over the pew, Okay? And he's going, Rah! He's, I mean, this guy's full-fledged manifestation, demonic manifestation, okay? And so, Brian, I'm, in the, I'm in the back corner, Brian's in the front, okay? And we both see what's going on. Brian literally drops the mic, runs down the aisle. I run across the back of the church, and I tackled the guy. I tackled the guy around, around, the, around his neck. And I started, I started, come out in the name of Jesus. I take authority of you. Come out in Jesus' name. Come out in Jesus' name. And, and Brian, Brian gets there. He lays his hand on him. We're praying to this guy. All of a sudden, he, he releases the church of God pastor. It, it, took about, it took a minute, okay? I thought, I thought he was going to get choked out. But I, it was bad, man. I mean, and so we're praying. We're praying. This, this, uh, this Apache, he's laying against the wall and foam's coming out of his mouth and I mean it looked like something out of the movies it was and I mean and we're, we're casting this demon out of him foam's coming out of his mouth and um, about 15 minutes into this I mean the church if you can picture the church is all up in the pew like this everybody everybody nobody ever saw anything like this right I mean it's like oh my gosh what is this and you got to realize the peyote religion, that the, the uh, worship, the the witchcraft, the it's called peyote um, in the Indian religion. Um, these people are deep into satanic worship to the degree that these these um, witch doctors, they're they're real, man. They have they have supernatural powers, shape shifting powers. They uh, they um, project themselves. They they walk through walls. They they take hits on people. They go into people's houses, cause torment, take money. They do all kind of stuff. I mean, the the power that these uh, witch doctors possess, the people, the Indian people, are deathly afraid of the witch doctor. Okay, so 
when we're casting a demon out of this Apache and the whole church is standing up, it's because they never saw the authority of Christ stand up to the enemy like that. Okay? And so people are like, yeah, yeah. They're like, I mean, literally the church is like, what is that? I want the Holy Ghost. I mean, like 30 minutes later, the whole, the whole place got filled with the Holy Ghost. Okay? But here's, here's my point with this. 15, 15 minutes into this, you could feel release. This guy, this demon comes out of this guy. He's laying there, okay? Brian is, Brian's ministering to him on the ground. So I back up. And I'm, I'm about, I don't know, 20 feet away. And I'm just, I'm just kind of standing there. And all of a sudden, I felt this, these, uh, these hands come around my neck and start to choke me. And I'm going, what the, in the name of Jesus, come, you know. Uh, so I find myself in this fight and it's kind of, it's, you know, I'm not going to do this out loud, but I feel these, these hands and I'm going in the name of Jesus, leave me now, go, go, go. And um, the choking part stopped, but this, I felt this sickness, like I started feeling sick. I didn't say anything. I'm a brand new Christian. I'm a brand new spirit-filled, baptized in the Holy Ghost Christian. I just believe what the Lord says. And um, the next thing you know, you know, the, the service is over. We go back. And um, it's probably 1 o'clock in the morning at this point. And this sickness just gets more and more on me to the point about 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm like throwing up. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to die, dry heaves. Like the sickness is like the life is leaving my body. I, that, that's how sick I got in a matter of hours, okay? And about 5, 36 o'clock in the morning, I started, Shelly was, um, we had the youth there, okay? So I got the guys in my dorm. Shelly has the girls in her dorm. I'm, I beat on her door. I'm like, call Brian, I'm going to die. I'm going to and die. <laughs> and, and so I'm, 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 I mean, sweat's coming off me. Um, I don't have any strength. I'm throwing up. And uh, she gets on the, on the phone, Brian, you got to get here. Brian's staying down at the luxury hotel. I'm, me and Shelly are on the compound with, you know, the, the rest of nature. And <laughs> anyway, so Brian and his wife, they get in a the car, they fly, fly up. And uh, I'm, by this time, I'm laying in the middle of the compound. The Church of God pastor that got choked out, he's with me at this point. And I'm laying there, and he's just, he, you know, I don't even know what he's saying at this point, because I'm, I'm like, Lord, please save me, I'm going to die. And Brian and his wife come flying in the door. Um, and they're known all throughout Southern Ohio for deliverance. There were people from all over America that, that came to their ministry at one point. And um, anyway, very, very powerful in, in the spirit. He lays his hand on me. She lays his hand on me. She starts singing in the spirit. Um, and this, this moment, there's two moments in this experience that changed my life. All of a sudden, it felt like this, I could feel this thing literally peeling. It started at my forehead. It started peeling off of me. And as soon as it started peeling off of me, I literally could feel life come back into my body. And I've, when this thing literally got peeled off, I literally sat up, filled, like filled with energy. And I went all day long ministering. We, we had church after church and everything. But I went from deathly sick because of this entity on me to awake, like alive and like energy because of being delivered 
from this thing that decided it was going to pick a fight with me. It was going to pick on me, right? And so I'm laying there and I'm like, oh my gosh, what was that? Is that real? And I mean, I got a lesson. I mean, I, between Brian and, and this Church of God pastor, they start telling me stories about how real this stuff is. And um, this Church of God pastor says, well, let me tell you a story. He goes, he goes, it's a known thing that in the peyote religion, they put spirits into dolls and they give the dolls to the kids. Okay. And so there's story after story about these dolls in the, in the night. Literally, they see their heads moving. They hear voices coming out of these dolls. It's, it's a scare thing. It's an intimidation thing. It keeps the people in fear of the witch doctor. Okay? And it's a cycle. It's a system. That's how they control the whole tribe. Okay? And the, the Church of God pastor says, Oh, yeah, we had a, we had a mission. Um, we started collecting these things. We had a, he goes, we had U-Haul after U-Haul trailer, truck after truck. We, we scoured this southern region of New Mexico and Arizona. We brought all of these dolls that we collected. We put them in the fire. He goes, we, we put gas all over everything. We, th we threw the match on. And me, he goes, me and about four other pastors were standing back there. And all of a sudden, he goes, this doll sat up in the fire, turned and looked. And this entity shot out of the doll and manifested in front of their, their face. And when I say manifested, it revealed itself. It, it essentially revealed itself as a dragon. And I'm sitting there thinking, okay, the Lord just convinced me. I felt this thing peel off of me. I almost puked myself to death last night. But what you're saying is a little far beyond what I can believe. Even after I almost died a couple hours ago. And all the life was sucked out of me by this entity. And you're telling me this thing revealed itself to you as a dragon? He goes, oh, yeah. And I'm, not, I'm like, get out of here. Just, are you serious? And he's like, yeah. He goes, I'll, I'll finish telling the story. He goes, he goes, this thing started in the sky. He goes, we all ran for the pickup truck. He goes, we got in the pickup truck. We're flying down the road, and he says this thing would manifest itself. It would reveal itself and scare the living daylights out of us beside the truck. And I'm like, get out of here. This is like Hollywood special, okay? And I'm still like, you're crazy. I know what I just experienced, but you're way beyond my ability to comprehend at the moment, okay? So this story goes on. He goes, we were scared to death. We ran into a convenience store. And we're, we're literally waiting there. He goes, we pulled in a convenience store. We're thinking that all the people are there. This crazy thing, whatever's going to it's just going to disappear, right? You don't bother us, we won't bother you. You ever hear that before? You don't bother us, we won't bother you. Well, they bothered it, right? They, they took its territory, right? They, they, they took its purpose. They took its keys. Okay, so they're waiting in the convenience store for like 15 minutes. He goes, he goes, so I walked out. I looked around. It looked kind of safe. So I, I mosey over. I almost got into my truck. And he says, this claw revealed itself before my eyes and went down over my chest and literally dug into my chest. And I said, you liar. Get out of here. Get the heck out of here. He goes, really? 
He starts unbuttoning his shirt. Now, this is six o'clock in the morning after I fought all night and this thing was peeled off me, right? He unbuttons his shirt. He goes like this. And I kid you not, there were, it looked like, you know how when a person has scars that are so deep that it wells over on both sides, like it looks, it looks like they, they uh, I don't know, it's, it, it looks like, they, like inches. That's how deep, right? And so this claw went down over him and I'm going, oh my God. He goes, I told you it's real. It's real. You're not fighting a fictitious thing. Demons are real. Demonic powers are real. Okay? Strongholds, right? Principalities and powers and rulers of darkness, they're real. They're real. So can I tell you, that depression that you face, it's not God and it's not just you. It's a demonic power. The Bible actually says the woman who was bent over for 18 years, he, he talks, Jesus talks about a spirit of infirmity. Okay? So the devil wants to convince you through dumb religious theology or dumb thoughts. I don't bother the devil. He won't bother me. He wants to convince you that there's no need for you to pick a fight. You know how the Lord picks a fight? He comes knocking on your door. He equips you with a, with a spiritual gifting. He speaks he speaks into your life visions and dreams and he challenges you to eat the bread in front of that thing that has the ability to manifest and actually cause scars on a person's body. If it can cause sickness and disease, can it not cause scars on a person's body? Okay. Now, these are some extreme stories, but I'm telling you them because until you wake up, until you actually decide that you're going to you're going to engage in the fight that the Lord has led you into because that, that's what prophecy and dreams are. It's about you coming out of captivity. He actually uses the words, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me to heal the brokenhearted, bring sight to the blind, open the prison door, break the chains. Do you think that's just fictitious, picturesque language? It's real. It is real. Demons are real. And know this. Demons can actually jump from person to person. There's a lot of theologies out there that, oh, well, Jesus commanded the devil to come out. Yeah, he comes out, but he's also on. Okay. There are demons that attach themselves and are on. There are demons that need expelled. Okay. I was in, uh, we were, we were in um, Jackson, Ohio. In uh, 2000, I think it was 12, 2012, after, after the preaching, my youngest daughter, Bailey, who was at the time, she was, uh, I think, 14, 14 years old. I went up, I whispered in her ear, and I told her to uh, lay her hand on this particular girl. As soon as she laid her hand on this girl, this girl started to rah, scream, okay? She's on the ground. We're casting this devil out of her. It turns out that there's like six girls who were in this, um, we'll call it uh, passive. Oh, what's the right word? Um, they weren't really call girls, but they were call girls, if you can get the picture. Okay. But it was a, it was a passive approach. They were, they were in all kind of sexual, full out sexual sin promiscuity. Good word. Okay. 
Bailey laid her hand on this girl, begins to pray, and this girl, this, what I'll tell you now, it was a true, it was a revealing of a principality that had control over these girls. There were six of them in, in the audience. When one started to scream, the other one started to scream. There's six girls laying on the ground, and we're fighting to bring deliverance to these girls for several hours. Cole, Cole at the time was, um, I think he, he was about nine. He, him and Cammie, Cole stood and watched. Cammie was asking me, Dad, what do I cast out now? Right? Cole, Cole, Cole was studying. Cammie was doing. But here's the deal. I'm telling you the story is we fought these demonic powers for several hours. And as this girl was laying on the floor, there's, a, there's an innocent, probably about a 15-year-old girl sitting, sitting adjacent to her. She was interacting with her friends, talking. And all of a sudden, I mean, we're fighting this demon. We're commanding this demon to come out and nothing is happening. And all of a sudden, this girl, you could feel the shift, like the shift of the presence of, of, of evil, like it was lifting. This girl sits up. She's fine. And she starts to talk in her right mind. Everything's cool, right? She's like, how did I get here? What happened? And all of a sudden, it was like this thing jumped on top of this poor 15-year-old innocent girl. And she ends up, she's on the ground screaming and crying and we're casting the devil out of her. She was in her right mind a matter of minutes ago. Why am I telling you this story? Because the devil is real. Okay? And your fight is not against flesh and blood, but your fight is against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. They are real. Right? And so when the Lord awakens you and he gives you bread and wine, he's giving, he's pulling you, he's drawing you into a spiritual fight, not for his benefit, for your benefit, because these cycles, how many, how many recognize cycles in their life? You get discouraged every couple months or every couple weeks. You get hopeless. You get angry every couple weeks. Suddenly all the money you had gets sucked out of your life and you don't know why. Right? When you start to recognize the patterns, you should recognize that that's not all just you making bad decisions. Okay? Oh, I just, I just have to deal with the hurt and the pain. I just have to deal with the, 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 the anxiety. I just deal with it. Right? But that's not, that's not, the, that's not the, the intent of the Lord. The Lord is uh, intending to get you in a position of authority and power. But what manifests through that is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Your demeanor, your hope, your expectation in life should reflect the nature. That's the wine. That's why it's so important that not only do you eat the bread, not only do you eat what He's saying to you, but you literally drink the wine. You know what I mean by drink the wine? You literally, literally, the presence of the Lord, the laughter, the, the nature, right? It says that the Lord sits on his throne and laughs at his enemies. There is a nature in the presence of the Lord that if you engage in worship, if you engage in prayer deep enough, that the, you can change the atmosphere, right? It's not just about coming in Sunday morning. It's actually recognizing that prayer and praise is a weapon. It actually changes the atmosphere, and so I'm telling you these things because everybody okay? All right? Everybody realize they know that they're in a battle? You're in a fight? And what you are today, no matter how progressed you are today, 
there is an entity trying to keep you from the next level that the Lord is calling you to. Amen? Say this with me. Say, Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Teach my fingers to fight. And my hands to war. And my hands to war. Prepare, me for battle. Prepare me for battle. Equip me. Equip me. To eat your bread. And to drink your wine. Let me realize. Let me realize you have a plan. You have a plan. To, take to take the keys. That the enemy stole from me. And put them in my hand. I. Am ready to fight. I will not back down. I will not tolerate being afraid, worry, anxiety, pain, depression. I will not tolerate it. I will fight and I will enter in to the peace of Christ. Devil, I declare war. Come on, devil. Devil. I declare war. war. Peace Peace. and joy joy. on my birthrights. birthrights. Peace and joy joy. on my birthrights. Every unclean spirit spirit that comes against me, me. I break your power. power. Come out. Come out. Come out. 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 You should practice that. Seriously. Practice. Get up. Every time you feel you you feel you feel you feel this anxiety come on you. You see, the worst thing a Christian can do is say, "Well, I believe in Jesus. There's no, I, I can't have. There's no demon that can attach to me. There's nothing that my grandparents or my parents passed down to me. There's no need for me to fight. So I don't need to say come out. That's a lie. When I got filled with the Holy Ghost, you know how many demons I cast out of myself. I cast it, I cast more demons out of myself than I cast out of other people. Depression, anxiety, hate, you name it. Every, all of it. My, my grandfather would drink for days. They called them benders back in the day. You ever hear of a bender? My grandfather would drink um, bottles of, of Jim Beam. And he'd, he'd come home days later breaking coffee tables and all that kind of stuff. Guess what? I woke up one day and I realized I like to break coffee tables too. I like to punch holes through through walls and in restaurants and bars. I got kicked out of bars. I got I got some crazy stories. Rage. You know what happened to me when the Holy Ghost came on me? Hey man, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. And when I got the guts to start saying, "Come out!" Come out! And I would fast and I would say, this sucker's going down. And I would fast for three days, water only. And I would pray in the Holy Ghost for hours and hours every day. And the Lord would give me one scripture or one word. And I'd say, devil, this is what the Lord says. Come out! Crazy deliverance, man. (laughs) Crazy deliverance. You see, the more devils that you get out of you, the more authority you have to help get devils out of people around you. It's called religion when you think, oh, I don't have a devil. I can't have that. I can't have that happen to me. I don't have anything tormenting me. You freaking liar. It's not, it, it, there's no such thing as a perfect Christian, as a, per, as a Christian so powerful that you don't have uh, something to deal with, something to confront. 
New levels, new devils. You, you grow in new levels because you're going to fight something bigger. Because you just conquered and kicked something out that no longer has authority to come and torment you anymore. Are you ready for war? Yeah. Are you ready for war? Yeah. Say it with me. Come out. Come out. Devil. Devil. I declare war. I, declare I war. command in the name of Jesus. Come out. Come out. Come out. Amen. Come out. Teach them young. Teach them how to war young. Amen. I got so many stories. We were praying. We were praying for this kid. He was uh, he was in our youth group. This is back in 2010 or 11. He comes in and uh, he uh, he says him him and uh, my 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 son-in-law, the kid that's now my my son-in-law. He's with me. And a couple other kids from the youth group are with me, and they bring this kid in. Hey, this kid needs prayer. He's tormented at night. He's just da da da. And they start naming stuff. And I say, all right, let's pray. We start to pray. And this kid falls down to the ground. And I kid you not, he started to slither across the floor like a snake. And Derek, all the, all the, other, all the other youth guys are like, oh. they were like I was when, they, when, the, when the church of God pastor pulled down his shirt. Oh. Well, this kid starts slithering across the floor, floor. And I'm looking at them and they're like, oh my God. I'm like, what are you guys doing? Help him. They, they jump on him, man. Oh, they jump in. Come out. Come out. Come out. 30 minutes later, the kid gets up. He's laughing. He's filled with the Holy Ghost. Right? They were learning how to war. They were learning that it's real. Right? It's not, you know, there's, it's actually religion to think that that stuff doesn't bother you. You don't bother it. It won't bother you. It's actually designed to torment you. Jesus actually takes you in front of bigger entities when he has more keys and more authority, more equippings that he wants to give you. Amen. So you guys um, are not barn horses. You, you, there, there's no uh, bit in your mouth, right? So the word of the Lord comes out of you like a trumpet, right? You were born to what? You were born to what? You see, when the, when the Lord fills you with his spirit... In Joel chapter 2, verse 28, it says that He fills you with the Spirit. He gives you dreams, visions, and prophecy, right? You get His Word. His Word, he give, you get what He is saying. It's like a trumpet. And so, that's actually the setup for the description of the war horse. Okay? You know, I didn't, I didn't make war horse up myself. The Lord actually made war horse up. It's actually in uh, Joel chapter 2. And I'm going to read this for you because this, this, this is your call to war, okay? This is what you should look like in your battle. Joel chapter 2, verse 1. Blow the trumpet in Zion. That's the direct voice of God. Sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble for the day of judgment of the Lord is coming. Is the judgment against you or your enemy? The judgment is not against you. The blood of Jesus has paid for you. You are washed. So why would you perceive that he's judging you and he's angry at you? The judgment is against your enemy. And when you rise up and say, oh my God, I am a son of God. I am filled with the Holy Ghost. I am not afraid. My God is for me. He is with me. Right. When you realize he's not angry at you because the, he sees you through the lens called the blood of Jesus. Yes. Either the blood of Jesus is 100% all inaccurate or it's not at all nothing. There's no such things as stages of the blood. The right. blood is, has washed yeah. you. 
Look at your neighbor and say, you are a son of God. If you're a daughter, say, you are a son of God. You are washed in the blood. The judgment is against your enemy. He judges you innocent. He judges your enemy. Guilty. 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 Are you ready to fight? You see, people who know who they are in Christ, that you are a son and a daughter of God, you will fight because you know he is for you and not against you. And those people walking down the street, they don't know it. The people coming through the door that don't know who Christ is, that the blood washed them, you got to fight for them, right? Your war horses. A day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and thick mist and darkness, like the morning dawn spread upon the mountains, so there comes a people numerous and mighty, the likes of which has never been seen before, nor shall ever be seen again. A fire goes before them. Do you have the fire of the Holy Ghost? And behind them flames burn. The land is as the Garden of Eden. And before them and behind them a desolate wilderness. Yes, and none has escaped. Their appearance is like the appearance of horses. Like war horses and horsemen. These are his words. So do they run. Like the noise of chariots on the tops of the mountains. They leap like the noise of a flame of fire devouring the stubble. Like a mighty people set in battle array. Are you set? Are you set? Yeah. They run like mighty men. They climb the wall like men of war. They march each one straight ahead on his way. And they do not break ranks. Neither does one thrust upon the other. They walk every one in his path. And they burst through and upon the weapons. Yet they are not wounded and do not change their course. A demon cannot take charge over you. When you hear the voice of the Lord, the trumpet, the prophecy, the dream, the demon does not have power over you. Only if you let it. Only if you let it. They leap upon the city. They run upon the wall. They climb up and into the houses. They enter in at the windows like a thief. The earth quakes before them. Are you a pale horse rider? Are earthquakes, do they go before the pale horse rider? Amen. The heavens tremble. The sun and the moon are darkened and the stars withdraw their shining. What's the sun and the moon? It's a representation of the powers of the earthly realm. They shake at the coming of the horsemen. And the Lord utters his voice before his army. For his host is very great and they are strong and powerful who execute the word. The word word there is the word, uh, the Hebrew word babar. It's equivalent to the word rhema. If you execute, if your mind is set on what the Lord has said to you, you make the, you are the war horse of the Lord. You are the army. You are the ones that the devil is afraid of. You, he is shaking in his boots at you having the revelation that you get the word of the Lord and the devil has to bow to what comes out of your mouth. Is anybody ready to declare war? Yeah. You see, when I got this revelation, I started making a list. Hate, depression, alcohol, and I started commanding those things to leave my life. Baby, I got set on fire. When I got a taste of the victory over demonic powers, I literally would find anybody. Pastor, is there anybody that needs deliverance? Send them to me. Hey, Dave. Hey, Dave. Hey, Dave. Hey, Dave. Come out. Come out. Oh, I couldn't even speak anymore. Come out. Get You get the picture, right? Anybody bloodthirsty? 
<laughs> come on, you get, come on. I'm, I'm, I'm using these extreme statements because you literally have to have the revelation that you're, you weren't meant to be passive. Passivity is a form of religion. It's a form of powerlessness. Powerlessness is the number one sign of a religious spirit. I'll just sit here. He won't bother me. I'll just endure the pain of depression and anxiety. He won't bother me. I won't bother him. You're not going to be passive, are you, Aiden? No. No. The Lord utters His voice before His army, for His host is very great and they are strong and powerful. For the day of the Lord is great and very terrible. Who can endure it? The enemy cannot endure what the Lord prophesies against it. Therefore also now says the Lord, turn and keep on coming to me with all your heart, with fasting, weeping and mourning. Your strength is in the presence of the Lord. The wine, you keep drinking the wine, you keep drinking the wine. You get rhema words, you get the bread and the, the bread and the wine together cause that entity to fall. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining this week's episode of the School of the Holy Spirit. For more information or to request David at your church or conference, please go to davidcuppet.org, D-A-V-I-D-C-U-P-P-E-T-T dot O-R-G, or fivestonesministries.org. You can also find the School of the Holy Spirit podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Charisma Magazine. For a deeper dive into the Holy Spirit, we encourage you to purchase David's new book entitled Transfigured, The Call of the Horsemen to Awaken the Church, available on Amazon. We pray that you will encounter the Holy Spirit in a transforming way and become all that Christ has prophesied over your life.